Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Take your Bibles and open them, please, with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to continue our series here this morning. Characters of Faith, we're going to look at Abraham, Genesis chapter 11. Next week, we're going to look at uh, Sarah. So, Children's Church, if you didn't go, Children's Church is dismissed. So, if you don't want to, you don't have to. So, I just looked down and I'm like, oh, man. Thought maybe we didn't announce, but I get it. I understand. We all are our own unique individuals. And... uh, children are especially when you want them to do something for somebody like when they're little right they'll do them for you at home and then when you want them to perform they don't perform and it's like come on what's wrong with you um would you pray with me before we begin lord we're thankful for your love thank you that we can sing of your goodness and thank you that you've you've just blessed us immensely lord beyond even the material and the relational. Lord, you've blessed us in in such great ways spiritually. And I pray that you would open, open the eyes of our heart here this morning. May your word come alive to us. So that when we leave here in a little bit, Lord, that we will be changed because we've allowed the spirit of the living God who resides in his children to do a work in us and on us. Lord, we each need heart surgery. So Lord, this morning, we ask that you would come, that you would do that in me and each one of us. You are worthy to do that. You are able to do that. And so Lord, we ask by faith, for you to continue to transform us into your likeness. Bless our time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're here in Genesis. We're going to read Genesis uh, 11. Uh, We're going to start in verse 26, and then we're going to continue through chapter 13. So a couple weeks ago, I had you stand when it was really, really short. Now I'm going to have you stand while we read a larger section. So if you're willing and able, would you stand with me as we begin? It'll be up on the screen for you, um, but it'll also, I hope that you'll look in your own copy of God's word before you there this morning. I'm not going to say a whole lot this morning. I want the word of God to speak to you this morning. And so listen, okay, please. When Tara had lived 70 years, He fathered Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor 
took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, uh, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, and the father of Milcah and Ishkah. Now Sarah was barren, and she had no child. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter's his daughter-in-law, and his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will, be ble- you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed the land to the place at Shechem, the oak of Morah, and at the time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And he was about to enter Egypt when... He said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say that you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you. And that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful When the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. For her sake, he dealt well with Abram, for he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my, for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and he sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram went up to the land, went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he journeyed on from Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. 
And Lot, who was with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes, and he saw the Jordan Valley, and it was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled amongst the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and great sinners against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mam Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. If you would, jump over now to the book of Hebrews. I remember what I was going to say earlier now. This week we look at Abram. Next week we'll look at Sarah. All right. And I know some of you may be wondering, hey, are we going to talk about any characters of faith that are women? And the truth is, yes, because there are great characters of faith that are women. They're not just all men, too. So next week you come and we'll talk about Sarah. Hebrews chapter 11, we continue as the writer of Hebrews has laid out for us multiple people who by faith. He defined what faith is in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. He said faith is assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. We see this in the story of Abram. So here his name is Abraham because later in the text in Genesis we see God changes Abraham's name um, as he continues in his journey in his walk with God. Verse 8 of Hebrews 11. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that had foundations, whose designer and builder is God. When we look at this, uh, it's just awesome to think about how here we have this character of faith in Abraham. 
God calling him and coming and meeting with him. Back in Genesis, we see this account as, as God has called out to Abraham and said, I want you to leave your family, to leave your city, and to go where I want you to go. God doesn't tell Abraham where he's sending him. He doesn't tell him where he's going to go. That's like you and I getting in our car and not having anything to punch into our GPS. We played this game one time during uh, uh, all the sickness. I can't even think of the name now. This shows you where my mind is. I turned a year older this week, and I think I lost everything. COVID, thanks. How can you forget that? It's been one of those days. So during COVID, we had this game where we, we were just going to go out and explore. And so we had a, a couple, we had a, I think we had a dice or something that told us uh, with the dice, we would go straight. When we got to an intersection, we would turn left or, or right. And so with that, we, we just kind of, we didn't have any agenda. We didn't set anything on our GPS. We just let the dice um, direct us wherever God wanted us to go. It was a fun game. It was just time that we spent together in the car, um, but we didn't have necessarily an agenda. We just said, okay, whatever happens, happens. That was fun for a day. And then when we got to where we were, um, like 45 minutes later away from our home, it was a lot longer than that, but it took us 45 minutes to get back. In order to get back, I had to punch in the GPS to get back because I'm like, I'm not sure what the quickest way to get back home is because I'm not going the way that we came. How many of you, when you wake up each day, you say, Lord, whatever you want for the day? Or do you punch in the GPS and you say, this is what I have planned and this is what I'm doing? See, it was fun to play the game because it was just that. It was just for one day. It wasn't every day where I woke up and where I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever you want today, you send me. God comes and speaks to Abraham and he says, listen, I want you to trust me and I want you just to pick up and I want you to start moving. He doesn't tell him where he's going. He doesn't tell him when he's going to stop. Not until later in the journey does he explain, and we saw part of that in this passage. Whereas Lot divides off and they're back in the land that he says, look around you. Look to the north, look to the south, look to the west, look to the east. All that you see, the west, the west, the east, look everywhere that you can see. This is the land that I'm promising to you and to your descendants. And he says, not just so you know, I mean, think about this. Here's Abraham, Lot, his only family member that's left with him besides his wife, has gone this direction to the right because that was where it was bountiful, looked really good. Later on, we see insight Sodom and Gomorrah um, is destroyed because of their wickedness. So there's a lesson there. Be careful what looks good, right? May not be so good. 
Abraham doesn't have any other family with him other than his wife. And he's got lots of material goods that he's acquired. He acquired a lot of them from a king, <laughs> a pharaoh, that he was scared of. I read that section for us as a reminder that as we live out our faith, these characters of faith are not perfect either. I think sometimes we look and we read through Hebrews 11 and we see these people that are like, wow, I wish I had that kind of faith. And we say, I can never have that kind of faith. God, I, I've messed up so many times. We see Abraham doesn't even do it just one time with his wife and calls her, her his sister. He does it another time. He didn't learn from the first time, so he does it again. How many of you have repeated a sin? Didn't hear any amens, but I saw some smiling faces. Well, he wasn't really lying because she was his sister, half-sister. And so, yeah, as my wife told me yesterday, we were talking about this, and she was teaching her first graders that half a truth is a full lie. And that's true. Sometimes we don't see it that way, but here is Abraham. He sinned, and yet God blessed him in spite of that. That's how awesome our God is. That we can put our faith in him, our trust in him, that when he calls us, that we can walk obediently with him. That we can do what he says us to do. That we can say what he tells us to say. The problem is, I believe, as I thought about this for us, I don't think we hear God's calling in our lives too much anymore. For a number of reasons. Number one, I think we're more entertained with our own desires than what God really wants. And also with that, the pleasure of sin. God speaks in a still small voice. And you hear a still small voice only when you come near to that person. God desires for us to come near to him and to hear his still small voice. To hear his calling in our life. Sometimes we're just so busy that we don't have time for God. Any amens on that? When we think about this and we see this great character of faith, he is not perfect. He is flawed. But even in that, he chooses to continually come before God. It says he comes before God and he builds an altar. Multiple times he comes to God. He calls out to him. I encourage you, whether it's today or tomorrow, that you not cease from calling out to God and listen for his calling of your life. I don't want you to miss what God has and what he desires for each of you. I can't say that he's going to do what he did for Abraham, but maybe, maybe he's calling somebody that's here just to trust him. Whatever your circumstances, no matter what's going on in your life, maybe he just wants you to hear his calling to say, you stay faithful to me and I'll show you one step at a time. But we got to have a plan, right? Because that's the American way. The American dream. I'm not saying it's all wrong. Please listen. I think we struggle in our faith. We struggle in waiting. We struggle in being still. 
And in doing that, we lose out in the opportunity to continually walk by faith. How has God called you? And what is he calling you to do? What is, call, what is he calling you to do that he wants you to do? Are you like Moses who says, ah, I, I don't, God, I, I don't have a good mouth. I can't talk very well. I can't go deliver your people. That's what was so amazing of Abraham. He didn't delay. He didn't make excuses. He didn't come up with his own plan. He picked up his things and he started on the journey. Trusting, relying upon God. His faith was displayed. Faith without works is dead. Our works display our faith. Abraham's faith was displayed when he didn't delay, but he picked up his things and he set on a journey. And that's where the writer of Hebrews says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Do you know where you're going in life? It's okay if you don't know if you're trusting and walking by faith. Don't trust yourself. Trust the Lord who is in control of it. Trust the God who puts you right where you are. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise. This was a foreign land. He didn't have a nice castle or building. No, he lived in what? Tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs of the same promise. Why? For what reason? The writer tells us in verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Abraham was okay with living in tents because he realized there was something bigger coming. Some of us want those bigger things right now. You want a bigger house? Want a better car? Those things aren't bad in and of themselves. Please hear me this morning. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, okay? As we pursue God, there is a calling and a following that God requires. And it means that we sacrifice what we desire and what we think is best, walking with him, knowing and trusting, even though we may not see it, knowing and trusting that he has a greater plan. Sometimes those match up. Sometimes when I pray and ask God for something, he gives it to me. He tells us sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. But as we ask for his will to be done and his kingdom to come, when we have a bigger view than just this world and what this world has to offer, God does some amazing things. And I don't know about you, but I want to see God do some amazing things. But doing some amazing things requires that I am willing and I can give up what I want, that I'm giving up pursuing my own desires, that I'm giving up what my plans were, 
that I'm sacrificing, but what sacrifice is it when I realize that God has a perfect and better way for me than even my own plans? Is it really a sacrifice? But we think it is at times because we can't see the picture. We can't see it all. And that's the beauty of Abraham's story for us. That God is worthy to be trusted even when we can't see it all. Even when we can't make sense of it all. Even while he allows things to take place that, 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 that we can't even comprehend. That we can follow a God who is in charge and in control of all of it. And that we can cling to his truths. That we can cling to his promises. That as we walk with him. As we walk being obedient to what he's called us to do. Knowing he will be there right along the way. And that's why Paul says later on in the New Testament. He says, listen, I, I, I have known it to be everything. I have had great, great need. And I have had need for nothing. I've been poor and I've been rich. And let me just tell you, God provides. He's worthy to be trusted. For us today, when you sit here and as you leave in a few moments, I ask you, Abraham was looking forward to a kingdom, God's kingdom, that was different and better than this world. What are you looking forward to? I look forward to lunch. I like to eat. I know it shows. When you think about what's going on in your life, what is the bigger picture? Don't become distracted with everything else that may transpire and go on in your life. Whether it's today or tomorrow or the weeks to come. What are you desiring what are you looking for? What's the big picture? Because if all you want is what this world has, you will be dissatisfied. Some of the world's greatest leaders and the world's wealthiest people, they've had power, they've had fame, they've had money. And yet there's something that each one of them has said they still are missing. Those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're missing the key. They're missing what, what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, that we all have an inner desire to know God, to know eternity. There is nothing greater that the world can offer you you say, well, I could just use a few more dollars to help pay my bills. You know what? God knows that. Do you believe it, though? We looked at in our class this morning about Mary and her countenance when she came to Jesus. Multiple times as Mary comes to Jesus, she falls on her knees. I think sometimes we're, we're fearful of doing that. Or we're too proudful to do that. I'm not just saying in the physical sense. Yes, I am saying that physical sense. But even beyond that, in the real spiritual sense of falling on our face before God and saying, God, I don't have this figured out and I need your help. 
Help me to trust you. Help me to rely upon you. And not that you say it one time, but that you say it over and over and over again. You're constantly coming before God because you have that relationship. It's not a wishing well where you throw in a coin and you hope it turns out well. It's a continual by faith. Even though you can't see it, you're trusting that God will provide and he will supply. That's why God placed us here on this earth. So that we would be children who walk by faith and not by sight. So that the world may see God do amazing things in and through us. We're the conduit. We get to... We get to be the avenue that God chooses to work through to show his amazing grace, his amazing kindness, his amazing love. But so often we walk by sight and we have to have it figured out and I have to have my plan. And if something goes disarray, then, then Lord, I, I'm so depressed and I'm so down. Listen, hard times are real. There's a whole book on laments and lamenting and being sorrowful. I'm not saying you can't be sorrowful or you can't lament or you can't be sad, but stop trying to control life and be like Abraham and live by faith. Easy to say, difficult to live. I think they're on the screen there for you. Here's the three things. What's God called you to? How is your faith being displayed? Maybe life's going well for you. Maybe you just need to pray and say, Lord, I would love for your glory to be displayed through me. So how can my faith grow and increase so that that can happen? God desires to be glorified and he wants to display his glory through you. And as we've talked about, what are you looking forward to? Being a Northeastern Ohio fan of any sports team, there's always next season. But continually, over and over again, what happens? We're disappointed. Here's the truth. There may seem at times... When we trust God by faith, that we can, he can disappoint us. But when we walk by faith, we trust that he has something greater than what I wanted and what I desired. Because the truth is, if we walk lives of faith, God will never disappoint us. He won't. It may not make sense. It may be hard. It may be difficult. There may be times that we feel like he's disappointed us. But when we walk the gamut of life and you look back, I believe if you walk by faith that he will show us and lead us and guide us. And that when you get to the end that you can say, God never disappointed. He never came up short. He never left me stranded. He never left me hanging. He never left me. He was always there. Be like Abraham. Even though you may not be able to see what he's calling you to do. Walk by faith. Continually 
walking and trusting him. Eric's going to come in just a moment and share his testimony with us. And I've tried to leave a little bit of time for him because I want you to hear his testimony of how he came to know Christ and he wants to join the church. Um, and after he's done, though, I, I'd love for us to sing what Vince played for us. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. There is nothing sweeter. But we have to get past that point of being able to see and figure it out. Don't program your GPS. Go to the word of God and see where he's leading. Walk with him. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to just dig in and see what it means to walk by faith and to obey you. By faith, Abraham obeyed. That's what you call us to. You call us to obedience. As your children, you desire for us to live our lives your way, not our way. Jesus displayed humility by dying for the sins of the world. May we display humility by dying to ourselves. Something that we can't do ourselves. We need you to revive us. To bring us back to life. May we in our humility die to what we desire and live for you. Commit our lives to you. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to live lives by faith and obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.